Good day to you fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. Assuming they have it like every Sunday today. Bless the name of the Lord. Pastor Amy and I were blessed to be able to go down to a camp meeting in Fairmont, West Virginia, Calvary Temple, the Assembly of God Church, pastored by. Tim Shuttlesworth and his brother Ted Shuttlesworth, you know him as senior. Junior was there. They were wild and on fire. I am not kidding you. There's video evidence. Uh, If you thought this was weird and crazy, they came unglued, man. in a beautiful way, and so I'm so grateful. Pastor Amy and I got energized and uh, would fill up on the Holy Ghost. Miracles took place. By the way, if I want the testimony, I want you to give it to us. Never fail to give those testimonies to us. It's a, it's a an encouraging thing. Week after week, Pastor Amy urges, and it's 45 pages long. On a pack of screws. That's four pounds of screws. I knew I was in trouble. It it took me every bit of six and a half hours to put that thing together. But I'm looking at that pack of screws going, oh my Lord, this is going to take forever. Sometimes you're looking at a, a problem or a situation and you're thinking, I don't know how I'm possibly going to get through this. And while it may be difficult to finish, Sometimes starting is the hardest part. Hear it again. Every drop of water shapes the stone. You know where that message comes from. If you've ever seen a winding river, it's not the big deluge. that It's every drop. That, that mighty flow is made up of a billion drops. But all of them impact the outcome. So that is exactly what Joshua and the children of Israel faced at the entrance to the promised land, to the walled city of Jericho. That's what they faced. And so what I'm going to do with you today in this message, I'm going to take you, I'm going to start you in the midway point. And then we're going to go back up, we're going to back up a bit, and then we're going to come all the way through the finish line. Any of you ever do the long jump when you were in high school or middle school? Yeah, how about, what was the one where you jump over a bar? High jump? Is that what they call it? Yeah, and if you're going to do that, the high jump, that's the one where you jump up and you fall over backwards, you know, across the bar and, you know, uh, but you don't just stand there beside it and, 
jump, right? No, you back up. That's what we're going to do. I'm going to back you up a little bit before you get done with this message. But we're going to start in Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. This is when they're, they're, they're at the, the point of no return now. So Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two men from Acacia Grove to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. Now I don't, I can't explain to you, they're not Pentecostals, obviously. They weren't of the holiness camp because, you know, they're at the house of a harlot. Now, there's a whole story behind that. I don't want to get off, off the, uh, the path here, but you realize they're having to do something strange to get to where God wants them to go. It's all in this story. In this whole story, you got to get messed up before you get made up. I just came up with that. I'll give the Holy Ghost credit for it, but you got to get messed up before you get made up. And so, go view the land, especially Jericho, and, 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 and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. And they said to Joshua, truly the Lord of you, you ever, some of you are married to somebody that said to you this last week, you always do that. Y'all can say amen because that's what we do. When we're trying to make our point, we'll say, you always do that. You don't always do that. You don't even do that half the time. But in that moment, with your emotions all bound up, just like these guys, all of them were huge. Come on, you've met people from the Middle East. They ain't huge. They ain't even as big as me. So we know it's a lie. Surely they, they did run across the sons of Anak, and yeah, that's where Goliath comes from. So we understand the point. There were some big people in there, but sometimes you'll allow yourself to be caught up in emotion in what you're going through, the struggle you're going through, and you'll allow yourself to believe something that just plain isn't true. It's not the whole truth. It may be true, but it's not the whole truth. And we got to break the back of that thing. Let's go on and read. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. Apparently they talked to some of the giants. Pipsqueaks? You like me talking about Vivian here this morning, being four foot three. She's four foot eleven, I know that, but you get the point now? I exaggerated because it made the point better. She's all of four eleven. Giant of a woman of God. Thought too. Even the giants said, Yep, you guys are pipsqueaks. Hope you're not trying to do something around us. Then the whole community began weeping aloud. See what happens? Then the whole community cried all 
night. They weren't dancing all night. It wasn't a Pentecostal dance. Voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness. How many of you know sometimes your past can haunt you? And that's what they're up against. Some of you guys got, some of you folks here this morning, you got some stuff in your past that, that haunts you, creeps up on you. Every now and then, something you'll get involved in something and you say it connects you to that moment. You wish you could go back and erase it, but it's there. Some of you are older, like me. You got some stuff you just wish you could get a do-over on. So the arm, and by the way, I don't have all the notes like you guys sometimes are used to at least, um, but you can take notes. I'm giving you a little bit. You can fill in the gap. The army of Israel now stands on the inside of the promised land across the Jordan River. So I've taken you back to the midpoint. They've crossed the Jordan. God did another miracle in crossing the Jordan. But, but there's Jericho. So the first thing that matters at all about seizing the promised land, it's Jericho. It's formidable. This isn't just some little, you know, when they say walls, they weren't 10-foot walls. They were enormous walls. Height like the, the sanctuary walls here. Huge walls. And not just thin blocks. It would be a mound big enough that a chariot could be on top of. According to Joshua chapter 2, spies have been sent in and, and they, they discover it truly is the land of promise. It's flowing with milk and honey. And unlike the spies that we read about a moment ago that Moses sent, these spies are sure of themselves and they're sure of God. They have a different attitude. Things change between Moses' spies and Joshua's spies. They took the note, they took note uh, that the people of Jericho were deathly afraid of Israel. Things changed. Somehow in that time span when Israel was, uh, uh, was not there, things changed. Uh, when they were still wandering in the desert, something changed between the first spies and the second set of spies. Is y'all screens blinking? Is it just mine? This one blinked too? It's on, as long as we're good. Are we good? As far as you know? <laughs> they took note of those people, though. They were afraid. The trouble is, your past can sometimes haunt you. Likely everyone under the sound of my voice has something you wish you could forget. Aren't you now? Something you wish you could go back and change. Consider this. Some of the people staring at the mighty walls of Jericho had lost their parents in the wilderness because of their lack of faith. I'm just trying to get you into the mindset and understand where they're at right now. We like to believe that it was all easy. But it wasn't easy. 
Listen to me. Hadn't been that long ago that some of their parents died for lack of faith. And here they are. Their faith is on trial. They saw God show up, part the Jordan, when they came across the Jordan. And so now there's another battle. It's not all, it's not all done with the first step you take, church. You, you folks that want to do something for the kingdom of God, you're trying to start some ministry, you're trying to get something going, it doesn't all change just with the first step. The first hurdle is just that. It's the first hurdle. It's not the only hurdle. So they made it across the Jordan, but now there's a big hurdle. So I'm speaking to you this morning that are trying to do something for the kingdom of God. It doesn't get easier just because you made one good step. God showed up miraculously. It's still not going to be easy. You, you may have to believe God to give you a car, but you still have to put gas in it. You're going to have to pay for the gas and the insurance. Something I remember the first person that gave us a dog. It, they gave us a dog free. But the person she said it, she said it. It was a Dalmatian. Beautiful dog. Beautiful dog. She said, I'm giving it to you for free, but don't let that fool you. Animals cost money. Tie up your life. All of you the people that love your doggies, God bless you. Enjoy your doggies and your cats stinking up the litter box. Enjoy them. Love them. I've had all of them. Had all of them I need. You, you got to go to the next step, right? There's a step beyond God getting you through one miracle, praise the Lord. All right, Lord, you did that. Here we go. As they stood there, I remind you, there was not one speck of evidence of a single crack in the wall. None. Zip. Nada. Not on any side of the wall. They marched around it six days. No cracks in the wall. And further, the fear in the people of Jericho may not have been translated to all of the people of Israel. Remember, there's two million of them. And the only word that came, came to Joshua. Y'all think about this for a minute. Pastor Cole says, I heard the voice of the Lord. We are going to walk all the way around this whole block every day, once a day, for six days, all of us. And we have to, in the middle, Pastor Mackay is going to shout and give praise. She's going to sing, I got to praise, I got to praise, and I got to let it out. And y'all got to let it out. And then on the seventh day, we're going to go around seven times. And your last time around, we're going to shout the loudest. Think about it for just a minute. 
I know there's a few of you that would do it. You'd do it because I said, God said, let's do it. But you know as you sit here right now, that's a challenge for you. If I were to come up with something like that, it's a challenge for you. Be crazy. I ain't doing that. I'm sorry, Pastor, I got to work every day at that time. Because I'm always working at that time. Well, it's 8 o'clock at night. I know, I'm always working at 8 o'clock at night. I know some of you guys said that. Well, my children, they go to bed at 8 o'clock at night. We can't mess that up. Then, you know, 8 o'clock, that's it. But it ain't a school night. I know, but they still got to go to bed. But this is a word from God. I know, but. <laughs> well, at least she's honest. I got to go to bed. Forget the kids. I'm the one who needs to go to bed. She just pad the walls and lock the doors. They'll be all right. I'm going to bed. But that's how it was. They couldn't see the faces of the people that they were afraid. Everybody didn't know that story. And, and that's exactly how it was. Seven days, 13 trips around the wall. No evidence of wall collapse for seven days, 13 trips, no evidence. Now, even if they defeated Jericho and its inhabitants, thousands of people were in the land and vast armies were throughout the land of Canaan, which they still had to take over, right? I mean, you've read the book. I trust you've read the book. So this was just the start. They're up against Jericho, and this is just the beginning. You can bet that there were a few wall inspectors. Some of you are sitting in the sanctuary right now. You're a wall inspector. You think it's your job to tell the preacher what he's missed. You think it's your job to tell the prophet where he missed it. You know, must be the prophet didn't get it all. He didn't get it all right. Or, or you're just a wall inspector. You can admit it. it it's okay. It's okay. I'm not going to point you out, but you know if you're a wall inspector because you're, you're expecting that I know that that's the word God gave. But here's the, here's the wall. Don't you see the wall? <laughs> You're a wall inspector. You're looking at the thing that you can see. And we're all, we all have elements of it. So don't anybody sit here with pride in your heart. Because we all got elements of it. I mean, we, we can all see the wall. <laughs> Nobody's disguising the fact that the wall exists. Joshua's not trying to say, no, there's no wall. Act like there's no wall. 
He's not doing that. He's saying there's a wall. But he also knows that he got a word from God. He got a word from God. Every man, however, marching around Jericho was not a man of faith and power and anointing. You, surely you recognize this, right? I mean, you just go back a few years and uh, 10 out of 12 said, no, we can't do it. So we're just going back a few years. That's the problem. You can bet there were some wall inspectors. Here's the truth. They didn't know what kind of people or places they would be facing. They didn't know at that point. Everybody wasn't a spy. They were going on the word of these few guys that went in. And sure, they come back with a great story and faith. But everybody didn't hear that story. It's how it happens in the work and ministry of the Lord today still. Everybody doesn't get it up front. So there's a good look at the problem. I want to take you to the solution. This is in Joshua chapter 6. The solution. Joshua 6. We begin at verse 1. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horn. When you hear the priest give one long blast on the ram's horn, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. So I'm doing what's not typical for me in a, in a message. I'm going to give you the simple version first. The solution here it is. I've got this for you for your notes. In short, the solution is simple obedience to God. I can sum it up that way. When God gives you a word, just act on his word. Simply, straightforward. Don't put it into, don't do all kinds of things with it. Just listen and do what he says. Just obey. But that's easier said than done. So there's actions behind what God has told them. Joshua had learned at Moses' side, and he wasn't about to make the same mistakes. I've learned from the mistakes of those that have gone before me. I've learned, I learned in my own personal life. My father was an alcoholic. I didn't want nothing to do with him. That's not the response of all my siblings. They didn't respond the same way I did. And consequently, some of them have struggled with it. But I looked at what was happening in his life and how it affected my life and my family, and I just thought, I don't want anything to do with that. 
I'm not getting myself wrapped up in that. This is before I was really a believer or walking it out. Thank God God got a hold of me right at the age of 14, really. I, I was saved earlier, but started walking this walk for real at 14, just before going into the, my freshman year of high school. God got through to me. Thank God he did right then. That was the most strategic time he could have possibly gotten into my life. Changed the course. Because that was right when they, you know, I know it's, it could be different now, but that was right when you're, you're offered pot, you're offered alcohol, parties, and the whole thing that comes with it, including intermingling with the other sex. God got a hold of me right then. And you know God has this way of strategically putting himself in the middle of your life. I believe it's the prayers of people that went before me. I had a praying grandmother, a Pentecostal praying grandmother. And I still have, I have her Bible. They gave it to me when she passed away. And, and I can see a note in there. This is for Cole. I, I don't mean just the Bible was for Cole. It was about a verse that she was praying and believing over. So I say that to you as a word of confidence that your prayers will not go unanswered. Joshua determined he wasn't going to make the same mistakes that Moses did. And as a leader, he would ensure that Israel would not make the same mistakes. Joshua fully intended to do exactly as God instructed. God gave him exact instructions. Didn't matter how strange it seemed. And the army agreed and they responded as Joshua, but I, I want to say this to you. Again, everybody in the army is not a man of faith and power. I'm saying there were a few people that were wall inspectors marching around. Oh, excuse me. Because they're looking at the wall. And it didn't change for six days. Seven days didn't change. Six times around on the seventh day. You know, a couple of them are probably thinking, I saw a crack. You know, some of you people, are, you've been around us faith-filled believers enough to know you got somebody that's in. Well, I think God did that. You know, he's healed. I had a hangnail, and God healed it. Are you sure that wasn't you and your clippers? <laughs> you know, so we, we're, we're, uh, there are some of us, we're always looking for a little bit of Jesus. But I, they needed way more than a little bit of Jesus, folks. You need a God that can do more than take care of your hangnail. sure there were some wall inspectors I saw a little rock it had to come from it must have come from about 20 foot high I could see a hole up there where that one rock was now they listened to Joshua and they marched just like he said to march and I say that they had learned from Moses' mistakes 
They were just going to walk in obedience. Here's what I want you to have. I've got it for you for your notes. They had God's promise, and they responded according to it rather than what they saw or felt. Pause it to let that sink in for a minute and for you to write it down. They had God's promise, and they responded according to it rather than what they saw or felt. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. We operate in the natural. We want to see it. I want to see the wall start to crack on the sixth day. Actually, I want to see it crack a little on the first day. So I know my faith's in action and I'm not up here just looking like a stupid fool walking when I should be fighting. Because that's the way you think. You think that your plan is the right plan. And you may have even done what you were supposed to do on God's word at another time. But maybe God is not saying do that this time. Remember one time, smite the rock. Second time, speak to it. Just because it worked that way the first time and that was God doesn't mean every time. Some of you still check your mailboxes because one time somebody sent you $100 in the mail. And every day you're out to your mailbox. Junk mail. not just Joshua marching around the wall in faith. There was an army marching around the wall and at least seven priests with trumpets marching around the wall. Seven priests blew trumpets continually for days. Seven to be exact. They blew their trumpets you know, I like to make messages practical because we get it. You, it's so easy to read stuff in here, and we bypass the practical. Do you know this is desert, folks? And if you're soldier 2048, that means there's 2047 guys up in front of you marching in the dust. And some of those guys... The last water they saw was when they crossed the Jordan. Seriously. That means they stunk. Some of you folks would say it, they stank. They're stanky. And, and, and dust is coming up from people's feet because you're marching, you're walking, and it's dusty. And it's not pleasant. And then what if you're one of the guys that has to blow a trumpet? They didn't have a mask to filter the air through. Blew the trumpets, though, seven days, just like they were instructed. Imagine what it would have been like for them. And then on the seventh day, they had to do it seven times. And then come with their best blast on the trumpet on the last time. 
with that last blast, something happens. There's a shift in the atmosphere. Come on, you can feel it. You're still with me, aren't you? Shift in the atmosphere. They know the word of the Lord is about to come to pass. They see their faith in God's word manifested and they attack and they massacre Jericho. I know it's not politically correct what they did. I know you don't like reading it. This isn't the nighttime story you read with your kids. And they killed all the wives and the children. and the, That doesn't go well on your flannel graph with your children. Eight-year-olds. On that day, former slaves, I know you don't use flannel graphs. You're using your iPad and writing the story on your iPad. Or if you're Justin over there, you actually create the soldiers and it looks for real. And, and his kids have a fun time being soldiers in their house. They have fun in their house. On that day, former slaves, though. Oh, come on, church. <laughs> on that day, former slaves now begin to possess territory. God gave them that property. I want you to hear these words from a, a great Baptist minister and leader, actually, Henry T. Blackaby. He says these words. When God gives you a directive, you can count on the fact that God has already considered every factor that must be considered. He knew the condition of the wall, God that is. He knew who was behind the wall. He knew everything about it. You know how you think you've got to tell God what he ought to know? Hey God, did you notice that wall's big? And that's an answer you'll never get from God. Oh, thank you so much. I would have never noticed that if you hadn't pointed it out to me. He's not going to be gracious to you like that. I'm afraid that we forget the fact that God always is always right the first time. So when you get a word from God, act on that. So we've looked at the problem, we've looked at the solution, now let's look at the aftermath. This, once again, from Joshua chapter 6 now. When the people heard the sound of the ram's horns, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed, and the Israelites charged straight in the town and captured it. They completely destroyed everything in it with their swords. Men and women, young and old, cattle, sheep, goats, and donkeys left nothing. See, in your mind, in your human mind, you're like, well, they could have eat the cattle or the donkeys or used them, the sheep. Nope. Nope. Because God gave them a word, and they weren't going to be like Moses. See, Moses got a word from God. God said, speak to the rock. Moses, thinking like people think, well, God, 
did it this way that time. And he was irritated with the people at that moment. And so he let his emotions misdirect God's word and consequently had to deal with, he had to deal with the consequences of missing God's great voice. You don't have to tell God how he ought to do stuff. Let's go on with the scriptures. Meanwhile, Joshua said to the two spies, keep your promise. Go to the prostitute's house and bring her out along with all her family. That don't make sense to begin with. Why were they with a prostitute? Well, if you, again, use your practical mind, where else are they going to stay and people not ask questions? All right? I mean, where else are they going to stay? Try to explain that to your priest. Um, you know, I really, I had to stay at the harlot's house. You understand. We were in separate rooms, really. We were in separate rooms. See, none of this makes sense to your practical mind, does it? They were going on a word from God. Men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab, her father, mother. <laughs> what an amazing story of redemption. I don't know if you all know this or not, but she's connected to Jesus. That harlot is connected to Jesus. If you follow, you need to go. If you haven't gone, you need to go see Esther at Sight and Sound. But really, it's Ruth that is the connection here. Her story. What a story of redemption. Brought out her father her mother, her brothers, and all the other relatives who were with her. You see, it doesn't matter how messed up your past was. If you'll allow the great Redeemer to take hold of that mess, He'll take you and your whole family with you to a safe place near the camp of Israel. Then the Israelites burned the town and everything in it. See, you're thinking, but Lord, we could live in some of those houses. We could have, and, and we'd be safe if the walls were still up. Let's rebuild those walls. Only the things made from silver, gold, bronze, and iron were kept for the treasury of the Lord's house, just like God instructed them. So God did a marvelous thing and Israel was blessed. He'll do the same for you if you'll take him at his word and act on it. But this would be a small down payment on what was to come for the Israel for Israel in the promised land. Just a small down payment. This was just a seed. Because they acted in obedience here now, think about all that was to come for them. The entire land. The entire territory. It's why they still fight the way they fight today. 
because of this promise from God that all of that territory was theirs. And I know, I know you'll listen to the news, all this about the Palestinians and they didn't get and deserve and this and that. It's why the Israelites are still fighting with them. It's why they're still fighting. Because God gave them this territory. And God gave them the outline of the territory. This is how God operates on our seed of obedience. The results are multiplied. Write that down. Your seed of, of obedience brings multiplication to the results. Your seed of obedience brings multiplication to the results. You act on God's word and watch God do the multiplication. So I want to take you to, to recap or take a quick look back. There are 10 spies that were sent out by Moses on a godly mission to spy out the land. They were only sent to gather information, but they became wall inspectors. They were not supposed to bring back their judgment on what would happen. They were only sent in to spy out the land. They brought back huge clusters of grapes. Took two men to, have to carry a cluster of grapes. So they proved that it was flowing with milk and honey, if you will. But they became wall inspectors. They became giant inspectors. You guys have to understand, it is an amazing place, but walls of Jericho are huge. There's no way we could take that from them. These these men are not just your average soldiers. They're huge. We can't overtake them. Remember they said the cities are walled and very great. They decided they should change God's orders. And for their disobedience, they lived and died in the wilderness instead of in the promised land. And here's the word for you today. Write this down. I don't have it for you on the overhead. One generation's mistakes can be the next generation's torch. Victory. One generation's mistakes, it's a torch to light your pathway. Now I know not what not to do. It's good to know what not to do, right? All of you video gamers, you know how you get to the next level. You learn what not to do. Don't go down there. Go over here. And here's how you accomplish that feat. You do this ten times, hop sideways, whatever it is. Why I don't do video games. But you learn. You learn from your mistakes. You learn from the previous generation. And listen, where you've seen mess out in front of you, young people, listen to me when I say this. I know it's hard. You want to sow your own wild oats, and you'll get out there, and you'll make some messes. 
Look at the mess your mom and dad went through. Your uncles. Watch them. Look at what they made out of their lives. Don't go down the same pathway. Don't go down the same pathways. Let it be a tool for you to learn and grow. You don't have to bump your knees on the same rock. There's a pathway around it. You don't have to trip over the same mess. Let me ask you all a question. Do you think God was not aware of the walls before the spies discovered them? Here's what we must do. I'm going to bring it to a conclusion. Things we must remember. And I do have these notes for you. Our enemies and our circumstances will never surprise God. I know you feel it's your job to alert the Lord to stuff. Lord, did you know? Yeah, he knew. But God... I have this supervisor. He's an absolute knucklehead. If I could take him out, I'd take him out. And you pray that way. I heard this from a a pastor mentor. And this is good for all of us. Wherever you're serving, whatever you're doing, I want you to listen to me. Your job, wherever. Do you know that in one snap of God's tiniest finger, he could get that knucklehead out of your life? So now you got to go back through the door and say, God, why is that knucklehead still in my life? Ask the Lord, why are they still there? Because God can move them instantaneously. I mean, if he can make a wall fall, he can get somebody out of your path that you think should be out of your path. If they're not out of your path, perhaps there's a reason. And you can't see the forest for the trees. You're focused on the forest and there's a tree right in your way and God's saying that there's a reason that tree's there our enemies may sneak up on us or surprise us yes you're human they may not always sometimes God will give you warning if you're really walking in the Holy Ghost but for most of us Naturally speaking, our enemies may sneak up on us or surprise us. But I want you to hear this, and this is what I want you to write down. Uh, This is good for you. There is no circumstance, no situation, event, or person that ever surprises God. God's not doing the old VA commercial. I never saw that coming. God never says that. He's never thought that way. I didn't. The old V8 commercial was, wow, I should have had a V8. But, but from, I, I'm, I'm doing a little translation here. 
God has never said, I didn't see that coming. Absolutely nothing is outside the scope of God's knowledge or beyond the wisdom of his understanding. Nothing. Nothing is outside the scope of his knowledge or the wisdom of his understanding. And so here, this is all some, such good stuff. So if you're not writing it down, take a photo. Here's the next point. The God who calls or directs you is fully able to cause you to perform or fulfill his work in and through you. They said it this week at the conference. One of the guys, I think it was the missions guy, he said, where God guides, he provides. And that's such a simplistic statement, but it's the truth. If God calls you, if God's asked you to do a ministry, God's not confused in asking you. Don't be like Moses, but Lord, I stammer. I don't know how, I've never stood before somebody and spoken. If God calls you, he is fully able to cause you, listen to me, how I say it, he's fully able to cause you to perform or fulfill his work in and through you. So he can do what he needs to do in you while he's asking you to do something for him. But it takes someone yielded and willing. Sometimes you look stupid in the process. You see those crazy Israelites, this is the sixth day they've marched around there. Don't they look stupid? Uh-huh. Got another quote from Henry Blackaby good Baptist leader. Even when his will doesn't make sense from your human perspective, your obedience will reveal he was right. I was a Baptist, man. He must have some of the Holy Ghost in him at least. Even when his will doesn't make sense from your human perspective, your obedience will reveal he was right. So here's the final point. Is there a Jericho in your path? Have you been working diligently and making no progress? And I want you to catch this. Don't waste your time inspecting the walls or the problem. Be a word inspector. That came out so easy. But you've got to catch that. Don't waste your time inspecting the walls. Don't waste your time examining the problem, explaining the problem to God. Be a word inspector. Listen, I got a good word for you. This is one of those that you want to capture. You want to get a plaque made. I don't think I've ever seen it on somebody's set. I don't know why, because this one should be on your wall, in your living room, on your refrigerator. This is, this is one that should be on. It's from Isaiah chapter 46. Bits of chapter 46, uh, 
verses 10 and 11. Everything I plan will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. Everything I plan, did you catch it? Everything I plan will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. Listen to me when I say this. I just, I, I could have preached just from this passage. If you'll get a word from God and you'll act on God's word, there's no devil in hell, there's no flesh, no person you know that can get in the way of what God wants to have happen. You just got to know it's what God wants. Act on that. You can't fail. Then verse, part of verse 11 says, I have said what I would do and I will do it. promise in God's word do you need to look out I started with the words to a song and to bring it all the way back around I'm going to do another song probably a little more famous guy one million miles starts with a step or two what are you waiting for I'm waiting back a few years. It's not popular on the radio today. Michael W. Smith wrote the words, one million miles, it starts with a step or two. What are you waiting for? I'm waiting for you. That's God talking to you. Take a step. Take a step of faith. Hear his word and operate according to his word. Stand to your feet, please. Close your eyes if you don't. Now I'm staring at these walls, preacher. Tough situation. It's a tough circumstance. I don't know how I'm going to get through. I need the help of the Lord. I'm in the middle of a big old mess. It doesn't look right. It doesn't feel right looks insurmountable. Anybody like that today in a circumstance? Lift your hand up high. Thank you. I wonder if you'd take a step of faith and just come down to the altar area. You raised your hand. million miles it starts with a step or two what are you waiting for I'm waiting for you see God's got your life in his hands are you willing to give it over to him the Lord say I can't figure out these walls Lord tell him you can't figure it out. But it's not your job to figure out the walls. It's your job to trust the Lord. Now, Father, you see these men and women. Some young, 
some not, but each of them, Lord, are standing here facing a circumstance, a situation that, like the walls of Jericho, appear as a, a circumstance they can't conquer, they can't overcome. And so we admit that, God, that as we stare into this, there's that which we cannot possibly overcome in our own minds. So precious Jesus, we resubmit ourselves to you. We take your word. We take you at your word where you said, I have given a word, I have spoken a word, and I will do as I say. You say that over us, in our lives, in our story. And you saw the wall, you saw the problem, you saw it before it ever entered my mind or my life. You saw it, Father. And you're more than enough to take care of it. So I thank you, precious Father, that you are going to take care of it. That you are going to get us through it. That there's no circumstance too great that we can't make it through or cross over. There's nothing hidden from you. No surprises to you. It may have caught us off guard, Lord, and, and we have to admit that. It caught us off guard. We weren't expecting it. We weren't looking to it been there a dozen times, Lord, so I know these people that are standing up here know that there are circumstances they weren't looking to have happen in their life, and yet here they are now. You knew about the tumor before it, when it was a single cell, Lord, you knew about it. You knew about the necessity of their home and where they needed to move before they ever struggled. You know it, Lord. You know about the job and the person that's standing out in the way, shouting and causing all kinds of trauma for them. You know about it, Lord. It's not caught you by surprise. Lord, help us to remember that we can't possibly get ourselves into the middle of something that you can't get us out of or around. You may take us through it. There are three Israelites that you took them through the fire. They didn't know they weren't going to get burned until they were in the fire. Thrown in, Lord. You were there with them. God, I trust that you will remind everyone standing up here just now, no matter how bad it looks, you're standing with them. You move, you move the mountain, and I believe I see you move it again. You made a way where there was no way, and I believe I'll see you do it again. I've seen you move, you move the mountain. And I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way 
online right now. God bless them and minister to them and provide a way for them in the thick of it, Lord Jesus. Remind them you're right there beside them. Even if it doesn't look like there's a crack in the wall, even if it doesn't look like there's any change in the circumstance, you're holding our hands, you're guiding us through, and as long as we're holding on to you, we can't fail. I thank you for this in your glorious and powerful name, Lord. Amen. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift 
to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here in taking the gospel, not only to the Lehigh Valley, but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.